0: You're now listening to The Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 222 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard B. Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary?
2: It's going really good, thanks. How are you, Rich?
1: Doing pretty good. Just a uh, very busy schedule, but uh, everything is cool, so no complaints. Uh, we're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo?
0: i'm doing good man i've been really busy but i'm here to talk some games
1: absolutely uh we're also joined by miss dana abracomi how's it going dana
3: hello everyone excited playing some games working
1: hard absolutely absolutely and we are joined by mr max muller how's it going max hey rich it's going good happy to be back as always yes definitely so uh, let me go ahead and say, say right off the bat, yes, you will see I'm not on camera this week because there's a lot of stuff going on over here. I'll get into that maybe at the end of the show for those that are interested. But uh, yeah, we we do have a lot of things to talk about this week. So we are going to get into all, the, all of those things. But before we do that, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So Max, how about you start us off and let us know what you've been playing?
4: Oh, uh, let's see, what have I been playing this week? I played some Divinity Original Sin 2, which, oh, as I'm sure you guys have heard, yeah, is like the best RPG to like ever come out in the past few years, is what people are calling it. Um, I'm not far enough in it to make a comment on that myself, but I can thoroughly say I've been enjoying it so far. It's one of those games that it feels like absolutely anything is possible. And whenever you make one decision, you're sitting there uh, laying on it for like 10 minutes being like, all right, maybe I should have made this decision or this one or this one or this one, because it it gives you just endless different opportunities and ways to approach things as well, which is really cool. So it's it's not that you're ever playing the wrong way, but sometimes it feels like, man, should I have done that? Or I feel like I'm playing it the wrong way this time around or something like that. But it's also a very challenging game, which I really like. It's a turn-based combat. And it's definitely brutal. Like, the AI is as smart or smarter than you are. Like, I've had to retry certain battles, like, seven times to where... Even where I've, like, learned the enemy's entire plan, I've learned all their movesets and everything, and what they tend to do usually, I still have a hard time getting around them sometimes. And I've been playing, like, RTSs and strategy games for a long time, so, like, usually I pick up on these things pretty quickly, but these guys are still kicking my ass. So that's a uh, pretty interesting, but... Overall, I'm really enjoying it. I want to spend a lot more time with it, though. I haven't spent as much time with it as I'd like. But it's it's an incredible game so far. And I I think I'm like six hours in. I'm still in the first area. I'm just about to finish it off and then really get into the game.
2: Hey, Max. Um, so what are you playing on? PC. Oh, man, we got to play. Because I've been wondering. Oh, do you for, have it? I, I don't have it yet, but I saw uh, the second game came out. And I really want to play the first because it, it's been on my playlist for a long time. So I'm thinking of just buying it and playing it. So it'd be cool yeah. to, you know, have someone to play with.
4: Yeah, definitely. I only own the, fir- or the second. I don't own the first one.
2: Um, oh, you're playing the second one. Okay.
4: Yes. Yeah. The second one. Um, okay. I don't think they're connected lore- like lore-wise, obviously. But in terms of story, I'm pretty sure they exist separately. Um, mm-hmm. I could be wrong on that one. But uh, yeah, the second um, one's four players too, which is really, really awesome. (laughs) Because I I know at the end of the, like, the point of the game is to become, like, God, become divinity. That's, like, the end game. And when you're playing co-op, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Like, you can exist in the same world. You don't have to play together at all if you don't want to. And you can kill anyone. So maybe if your buddy knows which kind of quest lines you're going after, he can go ahead and just kill every single quest giver that uh you would have to go to and you'd be like screwed you know he'd be winning or you could play co-op the whole time and everything but the best part is that at the end of the game even if you guys have been playing co-op the entire game you have in the back of your head knowing that only one of you can win because only one of you can become divinity and like become god so at the very end of the game you have to like fight for who wins or you just let the person win it's really yeah. interesting so only one person can make it out
2: yeah, I heard about that, and that definitely interests me. Um, I, you know, I may end up, yeah. I may end up just getting both games anyway. So maybe we we can still play together sometime soon. Because um, I have yes. a friend who wants to play the first one, and I want to play the second one. So
4: yeah,
2: I, I yeah. may just get both.
4: There you go. Yeah, because the first one's only two player co op, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. I'm I'm gonna be uh picking your brain about it a bit more later on, but I don't want to yeah. hold up the show.
4: Definitely, and
1: that's uh, that's pretty much it for this week. Busy week. Sounds good. Okay, uh, Mister Lugo, how about you let us know what you've been playing?
0: Yeah, can, Wait, can you guys hear me
1: okay? Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, because I broke up pick for a second. Yeah, uh, I've been busy. I've been playing some games that I can't talk about just yet. But one of the games I have been playing that I can't talk about is Legend of the Hidden Dragon. It's a smaller kind of like Metroidvania style game that I got sent to me in my email not too long ago. And I'm probably going to have a review of later this week for it, you know, as far as like, you know, more full details about it. Uh, so far, I haven't really been enjoying it. It hasn't really been that great. It's uh, got a lot of issues here and there, and it feels very, very stiff. Overall, compared to like a lot of those Metroidvania style games, and especially for me, coming off of Metroid: Thomas Returns, which is again done in the same vein as this game is, and uh, I'll be able to talk more about that as I post up the review later on this week. Uh, besides that, though, I have been playing a lot more Destiny too. I've been doing all the different faction uh rally stuff, as well as all the other extra content, getting up to that highlight level. You know, I'm getting closer to about three hundred five. So. Should be very soon. I'm just about done with that game. And then here and there, I've been going back occasionally to Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite here and there. You know, whenever I have a little bit of extra time. But that's basically what I've been playing.
1: Sounds good. Uh, So how about you, Dana? What have you been playing this week?
3: (laughs) Okay, so it's been kind of like, like, can you hear? It's been like a juggling aspect of me, like, trying to do reviews and and playing games so it's not as many games this time I've been stuck with um Marvel uh Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 and I just got Cuphead so I'm looking forward to playing that but Marvel Super Hero 2 is still again very fun open world is like 15,000 different characters so I haven't been following like the actual story I've just been Woking up playing different characters, doing different levels side missions, which has been really fun and really enjoyable. so that's kind of what I've been doing. I'm looking forward to cuphead, but Marvel superheroes is like my main thing of which I was kind of focused on.
1: Sounds good yeah, okay, Gary, so let us know what you've been playing and we already know that overwatch is one of those games, so what else a year have you been playing besides overwatch? <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, so, uh, So at this point, Overwatch is mandatory, so of course I've been playing that. Um, And um, I've also been playing some Persona 5 as well. I'm almost done with my second playthrough of that. But um, I also just completed Nier Automata. I completed it earlier today. So I'm happy about that because now that's one game, you know, ticked off my list for 2017. But I still have Horizon to finish. And I still want to play Yakuza 0 and um, I still want to, you know, continue to play Final Fantasy 12 and everything like that. So there's still a lot that I have to get through. The backlog is a bit crazy right now, but um, at least Mirrors is off the checklist. And I have to say that that is probably my uh, number two game of 2017 so far. So a uh, really good game.
1: Well, do you mind if I ask you what your number one is? Since you said it's that's number two.
2: (laughs) Persona Five.
1: Okay. Without doubt. I figured figured that a lot of people kept saying Persona Five. I still haven't played Persona Five. I guess you know, I don't know when that's going to happen. And maybe in December when there is no games coming out since everything is coming out in October and November. But uh, that's good. Sounds good. So that's pretty much all. That's pretty much all, all. All you've been playing.
2: Yep, that's everything.
1: Okay, cool. All right. Uh, so as for me, um, there's about two, there's two games I, I've been playing where I've spent the most time with. Uh, I have been playing for, Forza Motorsport Seven. I will have a review for that sometime this week. Um, I've maybe spent a few hours in it so far since I got the game a little bit late. And, you know, I've been playing this in another game, which I'm going to get into a little bit later. But Forza 7, it, this is this is a game where it looks fantastic, obviously. Uh, I could see why Microsoft wants this to be their showcase title for the Xbox One X. Uh, because, yeah, graphically it looks great. And I'm pretty sure on a 4K uh, television monitor, it, it's going to look even better. Um they, 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 there is an option to. There's a lot more customization options. Um, there's about over 700 cars that you can get over time if you play through the game. A uh, lot to play through in the campaign, um, just like it is in every Forza game. Um, but there is, well, like at least two issues with the game that I have noticed so far, uh, and that is just essentially that. Um, yeah, a lot of people made a big deal about the microtransactions. Those, those are all over the place in this game um obviously you know uh i think that the devs definitely want to try and make more money off of the title and that's why the microtransactions are in there i mean you can earn stuff by racing but obviously if somebody doesn't want to go through all that they have that option as well and i I do think some people will abuse that to some degree but um I, i i mean it really depends on whoever is the person that decides to actually spend all that money but uh So many microtransactions, not really necessarily a good thing. Um, And the other thing I would say is that while I said the game looks fantastic, it just, certain aspects about the game, it just doesn't really feel like, it doesn't really, it's not really as enjoyable as Forza Horizon 3. You know, last year when I reviewed that game, I said that that, hands down, this had to be one of the best racing games this entire generation. I still stand by that statement. Now, with that said, we all know Forza Horizon is a different, uh, bit of the franchise with compared to the to, to the general forza series. So obviously it's a little bit different in those regards. But what I played of the game so far, it's I mean it's okay. There's different ways to play, different vehicles you can use. But I'm not yet I mean I, I say right from, from what I played so far, the game is, is good for what it is. But I would never ever say that this is at on the same level of Forza Horizon. Just because Horizon is a different type of experience. Um but with that said, I mean, it's still a great racing game on its own. And if anybody is going to get an Xbox One X, yeah, this is a good title to pick up. If you are a racing fan, now if you don't care about racing games, then maybe, no, you don't need to pick it up. But it is it is a good game for what it's worth. It looks fantastic. And I look forward to spending more time with it and then eventually telling you all what I think about it in my review. So stay tuned for that review sometime Later this week, I will try to get it out around the launch time, but uh, I'm not really sure about that yet. But it will definitely be up this week. I will say that much. Uh, And the other game that I've been playing is uh, Battle Chasers Night War. Uh, Now, the embargo for this game lifts this week as well. So you will see a review. Um, If I was to describe this game for people that need, you know, a bit more of a description, it's pretty much a turn-based RPG um it's based on the popular comic book series battle chasers and um i did get a chance to play this game a lot at uh, pax west just to get a feel for it uh pretty much you have to it, it's up to six protagonists that are in the game but you have to earn some of them over time but you start out with three and then you can alternate that three as you go through the campaign you get to go through different dungeons and go against different uh, types of, of enemies. They have spiders, they have werewolves, robots, all types of crazy creatures that you can go up against. Um, but yeah, like I said, turn-based uh, RPG combat. Um, it's actually really fun combat. Uh, there is a couple of issues with the game, uh, as is right now, from, the, from a performance standpoint, because I'm playing on the PlayStation 4, because I have noticed a few issues with it. But um, Mainly just certain stuff where if you're playing a game, you can be in a session in a battle session, and then all of a sudden the screen, you know, if you've ever played on a PlayStation console, the screen goes to blue and says there's an error message. That stuff has happened um, multiple times. I understand this issue also happened for a lot of people when they picked up Destiny two a couple of weeks weeks ago. So uh, I'm hoping that you know when as they start to release patch updates, a lot of this stuff will get fixed. Um, but I did want to say That was one issue that I did have with the game And I'm hoping that it, it does get resolved At some point um, But We'll see what happens you, you, gonna, you gonna say something Gary?
2: Oh no I was uh, just gonna say, I was gonna say That I'm um, slightly, slightly interested, interested in, in trying, trying, this, trying game this game Because it is turn based And I was also gonna say that um, you know if, if you're enjoying the turn based formula I have a few recommendations for you Rich But I'll give them after the show
1: uh-oh, okay. I think I know what, what this is going to be. F- Final Fantasy uh, 1 through 15, correct? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, hey, yeah, well they did, they, you know, I think it's obvious that they definitely were inspired by uh, Final Fantasy and a lot of different JRPGs with how they set up the game. But yeah, I, I, I may absolutely want to try them out now after playing this. But uh, for those that are interested in the game, as I said, my review will be up this week. The game launches on Tuesday. It only costs twenty bucks, Um, so it's. I definitely would say it is absolutely worth the twenty dollar price. You know, now obviously I want to see if they fix. They have like a day one patch that fixes some of the stuff that I mentioned, but I definitely think it is worth the price right now uh, because it's. It's going to take a while for somebody to get through, but that pretty much is all that I've been playing. Um, Stay tuned for that review and the Forza Seven review uh, later this week. But um, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the topics because uh, we have a couple of topics to get into today. Um, First and foremost, uh, we definitely have to talk about this topic because I know that this is a bit of a a hot topic since the news came out on Friday. And this has to do with Nintendo having recently made the decision to basically, you know, for for those that are live-streaming, any any game that they're playing for Nintendo, Nintendo has decided to ban the people that are doing that, saying that they can't do any of that. And these these are people that I believe are in the Nintendo's uh, Nintendo's YouTube creators program, I believe. Um, but I, I didn't want to have a discussion on this because you know I, this definitely is impacts content creators all across the board. I, I don't think it just would impact those that are in that program. Um, so, Mr. Lugo. Is there anything that I missed in terms of details as to what exactly is going on with this new policy?
0: Well, there's a lot to unpack with it. And I think out of all of us, I think I've had the most experience like being exposed to like the Nintendo Creators program. Or at least understanding Nintendo's approach to YouTubers and just the online environment when it comes to streaming and stuff. So basically, the the, the main gist of the news is, is that Nintendo, for the, its creators, the people that actually signed up to be able to stream Nintendo games without so much of a problem, or at least be able to make some sort of monetary game with it, they're taking away the ability for them to stream their games legally within the program. Now, I say legally very loosely, because it's not really breaking any laws or anything of the sort. But to kind of pull an actual quote from the actual email of the press release that was sent out to all the people and all the channels that were part of the Nintendo Creators Program right now. It basically says that live streaming uh, on YouTube falls outside the scope of the Nintendo Creators Program. This means that you cannot broadcast content on YouTube live from the account you have registered to the Nintendo Creators Program. Please check the user guide for details. And then it goes on here and there about it. Uh, basically... You know, there, there's a couple things I pull from this. Number one, that they're very, they're very hell bent on making it difficult for people to profit on streaming their games or putting content out based on their games. I know that some people have joined, have used their YouTube channels to join up with the Nintendo Creators program, and it was a big deal back then when it first came out, and it still kind of sucks even now. But at least with then, you were able to at least see the bright side of making some sort of money. From the ad revenue that you generate with it, because Nintendo's just taking all that. it. They're very, they're very blunt and very bold with being able to take all the profits that a lot of people make from putting uh, content about their games on YouTube and even places like Twitch and other areas. The thing is, when I look at this move, I really see that because games like Super Mario Odyssey are coming out, I'm pretty sure that Nintendo knows that a lot, the majority of people are very excited about it. That they're probably going to stream that game more than likely sorry about that, somebody (laughs) was hitting up my phone, but uh, here's the thing, right Uh, guys are saying, oh damn I almost lost my shit (laughs) basically, right, they know that uh, YouTube is actually uh, Was a lot of people on YouTube, a lot of channels on YouTube are going to stream tomorrow Odyssey, more than likely, they're going to want to actually generate, uh, get, at least get a lot of the ad revenue that's generated from those games, and I'm pretty sure you're going to see and hear about a lot of channels getting copyright strikes, whether they post stuff on-demand content like on their YouTube channels, just regular just videos, or if they try to stream using YouTube, or even on Twitch. The, at least for me, from what I see on here is that they're giving people a choice. They can either try to actually uh, register a completely different channel with the actual creators program, uh, try to actually un- unregister their current channel, and then resubmit it again for certification or at least you know for review by Nintendo or tell them to go and actually put it up on another channel not registered with the creators program or go to a completely different service altogether. By doing that however it allows at least gives Nintendo the opportunity to claim all those videos that get put up on there or at least those archives of videos because you know and we've had this experience too as well uh Rich whenever we uh, put up videos that are related to Nintendo games, especially if we have footage, it immediately gets claimed and Nintendo takes all the revenue. And that's what I foresee a lot of people dealing with uh, when the big games like Super Mario Odyssey come out and now that these changes are going into effect. Is this a very pro- Uh, consumer pro creator type of move? Hell no. Not even in the slightest. Is this a big uh, beneficial move for Nintendo? It kind of is because they're still going to generate a lot more revenue that they're just going to take even though they already take it as it is already. So it kind of sucks. It it shows a little bit of the the stubbornness and the hard-headedness of Nintendo you know, when it comes to online platforms and just the, the whole streaming culture in general. And we've heard stories about, you know, it's really Nintendo Japan. That's kind of has like that stubborn nature, but this is also indicative of the very rocky uh, place that we find ourselves with, uh, was it with the streaming, with being able to stream uh, video games and be able to make money off of it. And the legalities behind it, because there, there's a lot of stuff that's happened within the last few months that are really calling all of that into question. So that's at least my two cents on it.
1: Very good points across the board. Um, Mr. Max Muller, do you have any thoughts on this policy? I know that uh, content creation is something that we're all into here. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on this topic.
4: Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty much on the side with JJ here. This is very Nintendo protecting their business, you know, protecting their IP, which they've always been very protective over. Yeah. Um, Kind of annoying is the fact that there are definitely people out there that were, like, predominantly live uh, Nintendo live streamers, you know, especially on YouTube, that have been in this Creators Program for a long time. And now those people have absolutely zero incentive to do so because if they've been making money off the Creators Program, yeah, they can still take their channel out and and submit individual videos to be approved. But then not only are they making 10% less money because channels that aren't entirely... Into the creators program are making 60% revenue, while um, channels that are fully dedicated are doing 70%. And so they can take their channels out, they could submit individual videos, and then they could live stream Nintendo games if they still want to, but they won't be making any money off of it anyway. So that really sucks for them. So it almost forces them to go entirely video on demand, which again is smart for Nintendo's, like on the business side, because that means that they have full control over. Pretty much all of their content and anything associated with their IP. And it's interesting because people are speculating that this change is because of the recent PewDiePie stuff that we were talking about. And Nintendo understandably doesn't want any bad stuff associated with their games and their brand. And this is their best way of doing so. While I hope and They don't have any obligation to do this, but I do hope that they still try and come out with an alternative for live streamers, but I don't know what that alternative would be. They may or may not be working on such a thing, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it kind of sucks.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it definitely does suck. Um, yeah. I guess this is how, uh, some of these types of things are going to happen now a lot more often, but, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Dana, you have any thoughts?
3: You know, it's a very unfortunate situation, but I'm I'm team Nintendo. If you're out there and you you want to create, to protect your IP. And so while this is unfortunate and maybe a headache for a lot of people, they're not telling you to stop streaming altogether or we'll ban you. Will sue you, they're just giving you an alternate way of how to do things, and yes, you're gonna have less money, but it's their work, it's their product. So, I'm kind of for it.
1: Very, very good point, Gary. Any thoughts?
2: <laughs> uh, I don't have much to add, you know, uh, besides Max and JJ because you know they um, highlighted a lot of things, but um so like the nintendo um, content creators program it doesn't extend beyond youtube right so this doesn't affect like people on twitch or anything
0: uh, from my saying it does as far as i know for people i talk to i mean they, they don't get like copyright strikes uh, from, uh, a it, from uh, Twitch, or think the sort of very similar to YouTube, because a lot of people on Twitch make their money through donations, and like, you know, on the minute stuff, but it's really the archives that get taken down. From, at least I was explained to me from people that dabble in both platforms.
2: Okay, uh, you're really stacky but I heard you. But, yeah, um, okay, so I guess this just, it, it, it sucks, this situation, but um, I guess it's just down to um content creators to adapt to the situation because we know how nintendo is they're very protective of their brand and their products um and you know i i was a- against the content creators program anyway but you know the fact that it, it already exists and everything and people are forced to use it and now they're pulling this you know that's uh it's a very upsetting thing and i know that as a content creator it would just be de- deep like i would be discouraged from even creating um nintendo content period but um for those that still want to i guess you know they just have to kind of adapt to the situation and make the steps necessary to still deliver um good content to their audience you know considering this but it it sucks to be honest
4: yeah and mark brought up that um Live streaming on YouTube, you could still make money via donations, which is true. That's a fair point. Um, for those that pull out of the program, just so they can keep live streaming Nintendo games, those who are big enough can still make money off donations.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, that I guess that only benefits the people with the bigger audience as well, because... Um, for the smaller content creators they might not you know pull in enough live audience to, to be able to donate and stuff like that but yeah yeah it's, it's an option I guess
1: yeah very very good points all around uh, all, all, one thing I wasn't going to say is that uh, eventually we will have another discussion not on today's show. this may have to be a separate discussion just about a lot of the things that are happening with YouTube in regards to content creation uh, because um, I know quite a bit of people are, ha- are moving away from YouTube. I know the throwdown has already moved to uh, Twitch. Um, and and I think, I think people really need to get an understanding as to why this is happening because it, a lot of stuff, policies changing. So I think it's a good discussion to have, but I don't want to have that discussion today because again, we have a lot of other topics to cover. But, um, yeah, we absolutely definitely will have to talk about that because uh, it, it's, it, it's pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point in time, this is why you have to have, you know, multiple sources of income. This is true, not just for YouTube. I think this is true in life as well. You know, you can have a job and then that job is gone and you have to find another job. So it's very good to really try and pursue different avenues to have different ways to make money. And I think this is a lesson that everybody is learning now um, in regards to YouTube, in regards to everything else.
0: You know what I think it is though, Rich, and and like I said before uh, on past uh, co-op podcasts, is that the, a lot of the stuff with streaming or just making money off of gaming content that's like on-demand stuff has been a very gray area for a long time, and it's been for a Wild less. That's a term that everybody's used to describe it for quite a while. But I think we're getting to the tipping point. You know, in the wake of stuff going on with Felix PewDiePie, uh the, the developers of uh, I think it was Firewatch, and, and a couple of other instances here and there, especially with. Uh, instances where games are being played and the developers don't want to be associated with other stuff related to where uh, different content creators get involved on certain stuff. Uh, a lot of that is almost at some point going to be forced to be figured out. And I think that more than likely, a lot of the people that are making money on YouTube that are creating content on YouTube here and there, they're going to come off, they're going to come out on the worst end of things, and they're not going to like the answers that everybody comes up with because whether we like it or not, a lot of the uh, what is it? The, the copyright stuff? The, you know, the different sets of legalities behind it falls with the game companies, and uh, a lot of people like to throw the term "fair use" all around here and there, but it's not really fair use. It's that's more of a legal defense, not really exactly you know part of the rule set that's on YouTube and such. Because bottom line, uh, since we're talking about Nintendo, Nintendo has the, every right to prevent people from playing their games online because it still forces people to buy the games if you want to experience it. Even if, you know, they don't get a lot of the good whiskey and stuff, that doesn't really, it's, at least right now, it's not affecting the sales of, like, the Nintendo Switch. It's, not, it's probably not going to affect the sales of Super Mario Odyssey more than Like, like there's different things and different factors that come into play here and there, but they're still within their rights legally and, and, you know, as the creators of the content in order to act this way, regardless of if people like it or not. So I just think that it's going to get very murky. It's going to get very bitter on both sides because people are just not going to like how things end up being.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one last thing I did want to say also is uh, I think Dana made a good point as well, because the people who create the game are the ones that should be the ones to get all of the revenue from it as well. So I also understand that side of it also um so we'll have to see what happens but uh you know nintendo making this stance you know listen i, I think well I, I know i've said multiple times on this show i think uh a couple others have also said but super mario odyssey this is a game that everybody needs to pick up i mean i i was convinced and even after going to pax west and playing it the game is, is fantastic so I want people to pick it up. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're doing this ahead of this to get ahead of this because they want people to, to buy it. I mean, I think they need to buy it. I also don't think people should be getting the whole game spoiled from them uh, prematurely. Also, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So, uh, <laughs> any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic? I'm good.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Nothing else, nothing else to add.
1: Okay, so let's move on to the next topic, which is about this uh, Fortnite Battle Royal. I know we spoke about this extensively last week, but I believe there has been an update since then. Um, Max or Gary, would you care to let me know what exactly is going on now with the uh, Battle Royal mode being added to Fortnite?
2: Yeah, so... Um... It launched and it has one million. It attracted one million players. Now remember, um, we said before that PUBG has, you know, around uh, well over a million active players on Steam alone. You know, so that that was amazing. Um, obviously, it sold much more than a million, but just having one million people consistently on a game, you know, from day to day, because usually when a game releases, it's just the launch day that you know you. It experiences a lot of players, but um PUBG has managed to maintain, you know, that level of activity. Um so now, you know, we said last week that um the makers of PUBG were concerned about Epic releasing a battle royale mode for Fortnite. And um they, they were basically saying that they copied the formula and everything. But now um Fortnite Battle Royale Murders released and they have one million players. So um, my thoughts is I, I think the creators of PUBG messed up by um, actually highlighting the fact that um, they were copying their formula because now people have um, gravitated towards the game. So that might have been a mistake for them to make that comparison in the first place because now, you know, they just made it more popular. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, Max, what do you think?
4: Yeah, no, I agree because, you know, Fortnite's a dope game and I'm a very big fan of it and I'm a big uh, proponent of people playing it. Like, it's doing some cool stuff. Um, It wasn't being talked about a whole lot before this. Like, it was big when it came out, but for a little bit, and then it just kind of faded off. Like, people still play it, but I just noticed no one was really talking about it in the media. But now that uh, PUBG, like, the biggest game out there, brought it up, now people are like, Running to it, you know. And you know what's interesting is that when they first announced the battle royale mode, which by the way came out of nowhere, like they just dropped it one day. We all got an email, and they were like, "Hey, there's a battle royale mode. It's free. It's available right now in PTR, and then it's coming out like releasing for like for real on the 26th." And originally, it was only for people who bought the game, but then like a couple days in, they said, "Actually, we're going to make this free to play," and then. Um, They also allowed refunds for everyone who bought the game during that period, who wanted it for Battle Royale. And I think the reason they made it free to play, or part of the reason, was because PUBG started freaking out and Fortnite was getting all this attention, right? And then um, there's more to it. There's also... Sorry, I was reading the chat. Um, There's more to it. Now Bluehole has come out and said... Bluehole is the publisher uh, of PUBG. They've come out and said that... PUBG is run on Unreal Engine, right? And their worry isn't so much... I think this is kind of BS, but their worry isn't so much that Epic Games is copying their formula because, let's be honest, PUBG copied a bunch of things. Like, Minecraft is doing this in 2011 with mods, you know what I mean? Like, with Hunger Games and stuff. Like, the... The the Battle Royale genre is not a new thing. Oh, yeah, Mark's right. Bluehole is now PUBG Corp. That's true. Um, But... They're worried that Epic Games, because they have a Battle Royale and now they're direct competitors, they're worried that Epic Games will start making improvements to the Unreal Engine and not licensing it out to PUBG Corp for the game so that Fortnite will have an unfair advantage over PUBG. Now, I don't know if Epic would do that because I feel like the backlash would be huge, but at the same time, I think they have every right to do that because it's their engine. And my... Uh, my idea for PUBG is to like maybe make your own engine then, so you don't have to rely on someone else's engine, especially your direct competitor. Like obviously that's no easy task, but I'm going to assume they now have the money for that. So maybe they can start working on something like that. I don't know. It wouldn't be for a while, but it's a weird situation. And from what I know, Epic really hasn't responded to that comment. And again, I think that PUBG Corp is kind of, like that is a valid worry, but I think that they're trying to more cover up what they were saying earlier because everyone called them out on how dumb that is that they copied their idea
2: yeah yeah there's a lot of truth to what you said there and yeah uh that that makes a lot of sense that gives a lot of context to it now um i do think that you know PUBG, g they're, they're probably making a lot of money now so they can afford to begin working on their own engine in the background you know, should they want to, I mean, because technically isn't PUBG still in, um, in like the, 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 uh, access? what'd you call it? Yeah, early access phase? Yep. Yeah, so I mean, like, they have the, they have the funding now to, because they made a lot of money off of it, so they could be developing their own engine in the background, and then they won't have to rely on, you know, um, the Unreal engine anymore. But saying that as well, I don't see Epic you know, um, stopping them from using the license because at the end of the day, they're making money from that too. So like I don't see them just saying, Oh, you're not you're not gonna be able to use our engine anymore because they make money from that. So yeah, uh I don't know. It's it's a really weird situation and I think PUBG should have just not mentioned this, you know, at all in the public because it just looks really messy now and now people are going to be paying even more attention to Fortnite so
4: yeah yep and let me tell you right now their battle royale it's it's similar obviously to PUBG but it does have its own standouts it does feel different enough um, especially it's really cool cuz i've played quite a bit of it it's much quicker they're like 15 20 minute rounds maximum uh, because of how quickly like the storm like pushes you towards the center of the Map. Whereas in PUBG, from what I know, you can like camp in the grass for a long time, and like things can kind of take a while to go. No, in Fortnite, you need to keep moving like nonstop, and it's kind of interesting because like when you're being potted or something, you could just throw up a few walls around you. And like, kind of rethink your situation. Like, we've been saved by that. Like, I've had to be, I've been down, and I had my squad had to revive me. But I could have just been shot, and they could have been smacked while they were trying to revive me. But instead, we just threw up a few walls. You can shoot down the walls, but you can't shoot them down quick enough to where I can't be revived and then healed and then ready to fight back. So it's interesting. There are some small changes like that. Like I even lost around breaking into someone's base thinking I killed them all, but then someone had a trap in, like, a corner, and they were also hiding over there. They shot at me, so I was like, oh, shit, so I panicked. I ran, and I ran right into the trap, and it killed me. So there are things like that. There are differences that really put its own unique twist on the Battle Royale formula, and it's still in, like, it's ve- It's not, like, a rough state. Like, it runs fine, but there's not much to it right now. Um, there's, like, no progression, whereas... The PvE side of Fortnite is a bunch of progression. Like, there's so much progression. You get nothing. except You get, like, a parachute for winning, um, like, being number one, which is okay, I guess. But other than that, there's it's only for fun. So I'm sure they're going to be adding more to it. Because remember, all of Fortnite is still in early access as well and will be for the next year before it launches as free-to-play as a whole. So I'm sure they're going to add more that will differentiate. I'm sure they have a bunch of ideas for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I so I, I definitely I do want to try both games eventually, but uh, yeah. Sorry to cut you off, Rich.
1: Oh no, uh, I, I was going to say I have a question, but before I ask this question, uh, Dana, do you have any thoughts on this particular topic?
3: Everything that I had to say was kind of sad already.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it's,
3: it's just, we just have to wait and see and figure out what what happens.
1: Yes. Okay, so my question, and it's you know, and don't don't laugh when I ask this question. I have to ask this question uh, because I feel as though it's a question that needs to be asked. Um, now, let's keep it real for a second. How many people are still going to be playing this game and PUBG over the next few months? Namely, this month and next month, because you have all these other games coming out now. Call of Duty, obviously. When that comes out, I know a lot of people who said they always say, I'm never going to get another Call of Duty game, and then they always get the Call of Duty game, and they end up playing that. So, I just wanted to ask the question, you know, do you think that these other games coming out is going to impact the the number of people currently playing Fortnite and PUBG, or do you think it it won't make a difference?
3: No.
4: Yeah, I don't know. It'll make a difference for... uh...
1: Fortnite, but probably
2: not much for PUBG. Okay. Gary? Yeah, PUBG is still going to stay relevant on the PC. Um, Regardless of what happens on the Xbox version, um, I think it will be active on PC for a very long time. Um, And I don't see that changing. And, you know, like Max said, um, it might affect Fortnite, but I don't see
1: affecting uh pub at all yeah because uh, w- one thing i did want to say you know I-, I did play fortnite i played it uh when we went to e3 um i was able to get a chance to play it uh over at the uh, epic uh epic games uh section and the game is fun um i haven't tried the new battle royal mode yet i did download the game so i have to try that out and, and i'll pretty much let you know what i think about it next week but uh I'm trying to figure out what the phenomenon is. Like I said last week, I still don't really know what the phenomenon is with PUBG quite yet. So I need to jump into that and figure out why everybody is, is going crazy over this game. Because to me, it doesn't look like it's anything special on the surface. You know, I see a game like uh, that has like you like a game like Overwatch, you get games like uh, you know, the Call of Duty multiplayer. I, I, it, to me, it looks it all looks the same. Uh, so I have to figure out why people are excited over this game, and whether or not um, the hype is justified. Um, but other than that, um, I mean, I, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Fortnite is doing well. I'm glad a lot of people, more, a lot more people are playing it. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a whole bunch of thing with the whole uh, decision to add that battle royal mode, which I know uh PUBG people are not happy about and you know it's okay to uh to be angry about that but as you guys said they drew attention to it being added. you know obviously because i knew as soon as that story came out last week a lot of people you know it was all over that news it was on every site so i'm pretty sure that that didn't help them in the long run but uh as i said before they're confident in what they made with their game, right? So you know that there's going to be competitors out there. That's fine. Competition is, is is totally healthy. This happens with with everybody. So what you need to do is look at your formula, perfect it even further, find ways to make it a little bit more enjoyable for people, and then put that out there. They could very easily have an update that they would, if they have it can come with some other ideas to enhance the experience. They can very much have an update in, in future, you know, down the road, that will make make it even better experience but uh my whole thing is that you know listen they, they you know that whenever you do something and if it, and it is successful people are going to try and copy that so that's okay be confident in what you have be flattered that they decided to also copy something that you already had in mind but at the same time perfect what you have and find ways to improve it so that everyone else wins in the end so hopefully this is a lesson that they learned but uh we'll see (laughs) so um any other thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next
2: nah I said everything
1: (laughs) okay all right. uh, we're going to revisit another topic that we discussed last week and that had to do with Shadow of War Uh, obviously there was a lot of controversy that Warner Brothers got themselves involved in when they announced that the They were going to have this dlc for one of their uh former colleagues that passed away after a lengthy battle with cancer uh well they did provide an update uh this past week and they updated everybody let them know that that dlc will now be free uh so anyone who does actually you know i guess when people people pick up the game they can easily download this if they want to you know the character that this uh guy is immortalized as someone who will save you in the game at various points so i wanted to ask you guys the question whether you whether or not you first and foremost what do you think of this decision do you think it's either too little or too late or this is right on time they made the right decision to announce this at this point in time so gary how about you go first
2: um i mean this is the the right decision but this is what they should have did from the beginning to be honest um it it shouldn't have took people complaining and people calling them out for this to happen you know it should have been this way from the beginning Um, and the fact that it was the other way and then they switched it to this way after you know the complaints that just goes to show that they did have an agenda to make money
1: anyway so yeah Absolutely, yeah. Uh, okay, Max, well, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I feel
4: like they're only doing this because everyone was complaining at them about it all because um, they were really, really weird about it in the first place. I know originally it was supposed to launch and then only some of the proceeds were to go to the family and that was only in certain states as well in the united states and they never really clarified what the purchases in other states would be going towards so everyone was like okay you know what i'd just rather donate to the family directly you know what i mean um so now that it's free and now that warner bros is just making a donation i think that's them just being like all right you guys found us out whatever so we can look somewhat good in the public eye we'll just do this On the bright side, though, it brought a lot of attention to the situation. So I'm sure a lot of people donated to the family
1: in the first place. That's a very good point. Yeah, I I would hope that it definitely, definitely did that at the very least. Um, But yeah, no, I believe that you're absolutely correct. Uh, Unfortunately, um, I don't really know who decided in the very beginning to approach it the way that they were, that they were approaching it because they, they had to know some people were not going to like that particular decision. Uh, But that goes to show I I would hope that Warner Brothers learns from this Not just with this game But pretty much any game That they uh, release moving forward But we already know That uh, that won't be the case Because it it is what it is Uh, This is their business practice With the uh, microtransactions So on and so forth So I I think this will continue But hopefully they've learned something from this And they learn better ways To actually handle these situations moving forward Um Uh, How about you, Dana? Any thoughts on this uh, particular topic?
3: No, I think it's just a little bit too late, but at least they're doing something. So that is a plus, but still at the same time, it seems kind of like an afterthought, you know, after people was already saying something about it. So it kind of feels disingenuous to me, but at least they, they tried to rectify it.
1: Absolutely absolutely so uh now now are any of you actually planning on picking up shadow of war i want to ask that question now uh because i don't know if this news uh changed whether or not you were going to get it before uh but i'm just curious what your answers are so how about you start us start us off max are you planning to pick up shadow of war (laughs) eventually um, I loved what we
4: were able to try out at E3, but I feel like I don't need to get it right away. I'll be waiting on it. Um, it looks awesome, though. I know it's one of the most hyped titles of the year, which is cool. But, yeah, I'm going to wait.
1: Most likely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, how about you, Dana?
3: <laughs> I plan on getting it, but it's not something that I'm going to rush to right now. It's one of those that's on the list. And you know when those Black Friday deals come along, then maybe something along that line.
1: I, I think uh, Black Friday that'll be the perfect opportunity to get it at that at that point in time, along with WWE 2K18 because ain't nobody buying that at launch, correct? <laughs>
3: no, don't be, don't be, don't be hating hey, um, on the Cena because you can't see him.
1: All hey, right, hey, hey, you're right.
3: Enough said. Everyone's going to be picking that up. Day one exclusive.
1: Yeah, I, I know, I know, and I don't know, know. I know when Gary heard that it's coming to PC. Now he said, "Oh, I'm gonna definitely pre-order this game as soon as as it, as it launches."
3: Alistair Black, that's all we needed. Alistair Black and clean locker rooms.
2: <laughs> wow! Did you say Alistair Black? He's in it. Wow! I'm getting in. Yeah,
3: yeah. Come, see? Alistair Black. He will save. The gaming franchise of wrestling.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure. I'll, I'll be sure to make sure Adam hears this episode. That for that particular, uh, Adam's
3: uh, excited. He's ordering as many copies as possible.
1: Yeah, I, I fully. He's believe buying it.
3: PCs and, and and consoles, anything that we need. He's been he's down for Alistair.
1: I, yeah, I, I fully believe that. Uh, <laughs> so, how about you, Gary? Um, are you planning on getting Shadow of War, or is this not something that you're going to be picking up anytime soon? Also, yeah,
2: I'm I'm going to get it, but um, no, yeah, not anytime soon. I think the earliest I might pick it up is December, but more than likely, I'm not going to get to it until next year because uh, there's too many too many games coming out in October, and I still want to catch up with other games from 2017. So, yeah, it's going to be a while before I get to it.
1: So I, I would say that that's that. You know what you all said is fully understood. There are too many games coming out, so obviously you have to pick and choose which games you want to spend time playing. I, I will say now, though, that I I'm about ninety percent sure that I am going to get the game at launch because after spending so much time with it at Patch West. Um, I mean, so much, I have so many questions about the story. I'm curious of how the story is actually going to pan out because all I saw was the trailer of the story. I didn't get to play any story missions. It, when I actually had my two-hour session playing the game, it was just the fortress assaults. And the fortress assaults are just absolutely crazy, uh, if there's any other way to, to describe it. So um, that sold me on the combat, but obviously I want to know what the story is all about. So I, I, I may pick it up obviously it's going to be very difficult because even within two comes out the exact same week actually three days later from when this game comes out so some one game is definitely not going to uh i'm definitely not going to play every game next next this month but uh i'm going to make time to at least try out shadow of war and see what that what that's all about so we'll see but uh getting back to the topic at hand um I am glad the DLC has made, been made free. I, I do think that that was a move that should have been done in the very beginning. So hopefully Warner Brothers learns from this decision, but uh, we'll see. Because I mean, this is this is Warner Brothers. You know, they they have the gold edition and the silver edition of all these games coming out. I'm surprised there isn't a gold edition of the Lego Marvel Superheroes game, uh, also. But uh, <laughs> it is what it is. But um, any other thoughts before we move on to the next topic? I'm good. Awesome. Okay, so this next story, uh, I'm gonna need a little bit of assistance on this uh, because uh, it's I you know I, I would say it is some big news. I don't know if it fell a little under the radar due to the main topic which we will get into in a little while. but uh, obviously uh, I believe that Sony there's been a, a statement made by Sony. Uh, you guys will have to elaborate and let me know exactly who made this statement. But um, basically, Sony has made a statement recently that said that they don't consider handheld gaming to be a huge market opportunity. Um, Now, granted, what's going on with Nintendo now, I I don't know if I agree with that statement, but please feel free to give me some more uh, information on who made the statement and why they feel this way. Uh, Gary, you have that information? Yeah,
2: yeah, it was uh, Andrew House who made the statement. Oh, and whoa. um yeah I, I think uh he was asked to basically talk about um nintendo's success with the switch and everything and um yeah he said basically sony's not interested in handhelds right now i think one of the uh, reasons he highlighted is because of the the mobile phone market and stuff so yeah but um my thoughts on it is i i think I think it's, it's probably best for Sony to ignore handhelds right now like because clearly they can only focus on one platform at a time they have a problem supporting you know the the other peripherals and devices and stuff so um, they should just focus on PS4 I think uh because you know we saw what happened with the VR and we don't want a repeat of that but I understand that as the switch continues to to grow momentum, um, I think other companies will start to to look at the option of ha- having a handheld, you know, in um, to assist with the console, basically. But yeah, my my opinion is that Sony should just uh, focus on the PS4 right now.
1: See, see, I, I I just want to make a quick comment, and then I'll, I'll let Max go. Uh, I I do agree that Sony should just focus on the market that they are in right now with PlayStation Four. Uh, I I don't agree with the statement of him saying that that's not a huge opportunity because we we see it did work for Nintendo. It's working with Nintendo for the 3DS and for the Switch. So the opportunity is there, but yes, I agree that they should only focus on the PlayStation 4 for now. As for PlayStation VR, um, there is some games coming to the PlayStation VR. I mean, I don't know of anybody that actually is waiting for any of those games because they're convinced that PlayStation VR is, is not really all this crap, uh, all that it is uh, supposed to be. Um, but uh, I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree with the statement that House is making where they need to focus on the PlayStation 4. And obviously, I'm pretty sure that they're already starting to think about PlayStation 5. So, they, yeah, they should focus on that type of stuff. Because we already know with the Vita, um, the support is not there. I know that there's games that are still coming to that device, uh, but to me, I <clears throat> when I purchased the Vita, because I bought a Vita at launch, maybe, 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 people, maybe people don't know that information. I bought a Vita at launch and some of the games that came to the system were fine when it was games that were made specifically for that system from the actual studios. Like take the Killzone game, for example, that to me is what I envisioned how they were going to treat the Vita, but they didn't treat it that way. Um, so, it ain't really relation like that the support wasn't there, and and I, and I understand that. You know, the, the focus had to be on PlayStation Four because that is the, the, the console, the main console. So I understand that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm totally fine with, with the statement. I just, I just, I think it's a little ridiculous for him to say that that it's not a huge opportunity to go after. That handheld market because Nintendo's proven otherwise. Uh, yeah, uh, they, it is possible to go after that and still be successful. Um, but yeah, that's just my thoughts.
2: Yeah, so, like uh, I think ahead. if if Sony was to adopt any strategy from Nintendo, I think it should be creating a mini PlayStation device and putting that out because. You see how crazy people go for the, the snes mini and everything like that like imagine a mini playstation one like people will go insane for that and we saw how much the crash remaster sold like because based off of nostalgia alone so i think sony should do something like that if they're going to adopt anything from nintendo hmm. that's
4: yeah. awesome. i'd agree with that completely that's a great idea
1: we, we, we need we need we need to send that information to Sony so that they can reimburse you when they decide to uh, to actually do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I send send them send them my PayPal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay Max, what, what what are your thoughts? Um, honestly,
4: uh, you guys have pretty much said most of what I would say on it. I, yeah, that, the biggest thing that bothered me is that he says there's that handheld gaming is not a huge market opportunity per se. Like, no, it's really not for Sony. I agree that they should just stick to what they're doing and maybe even make the PlayStation Mini, which is an awesome idea. But um, I don't know. I just, it seems to me that he was kind of trying to use this opportunity to more defend the Vita than it was to actually talk about what was going on. Because he says it's due to smartphones. He says the reason the Vita didn't do well is because of smartphones um, outside of um, Japan and Asia. And if that were the case, the 3DS wouldn't have done well, in my opinion. I think that the issue with the Vita was, like you guys were saying, there's there really wasn't that many games for it. There wasn't much third-party support for it. The, the games that were there were very good. But there just wasn't a lot of them. Whereas the 3DS, I literally had to sell my 3DS because I was worried I'd spend too much money on all the damn games they have <laughs> rather than what I should be spending it on at the time. So it's, it's the age-old argument that software sells.
1: Yeah, very, very good points. Dana, you have any thoughts?
3: Everything what kept being said that I wanted to say. The problem with going last.
1: All
3: right, so
1: I'm. so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make you go first on the next one.
3: Oh goodness! <laughs> I could be in the middle.
1: <laughs> okay, we'll 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 He's figure in that the out. Oh no! We, hey, listen, we 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 understand that. They, you know. They ain't really too much to say on some stuff because if it's already been said, then uh, we don't want to repeat ourselves. So I, I totally understand that, but um, hey, you know, I, I like I said before, I agree I agree with what House said. Uh, I just don't think that, uh, you know, for Sony, yes, they, they should focus on the console, but, but don't say that this is not a, the handheld market is not a, a, a huge thing to vote that is successful now because it, that's not necessarily true. But yeah, for Sony, yes, stick to what you know how to do and, 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 and that's that's all you should be focused on as for Microsoft they need to focus on Xbox One uh, the One S and the One X right now so yeah, that's that's all they need to be focused on I don't care about any more controllers just let's focus on the games now, guys <laughs> but uh, any thoughts before we move on to our main topic for today
3: are you saying you don't want a hundred
1: different controllers for your what 10 games well you know here's the thing <laughs> I, I i love the cost the customization options uh what i don't like is that for all the focus to be on that like when they had that Gamescom conference um and they decided to actually use that time to show off controls i like come on son we need to be talking about games why are we talking about controllers during this conference but you know, it is what it is. People love the controllers, so I give them credit for that. But uh, I'm hoping that I see some more games in 2018. That's all I care about games because I, I can't really I can't play. You know, it's great to have a controller to play a game, but I, I, it will be best to have a game to actually use the controller for. You know, so that's just this is just my opinion. <laughs> but no. Um, like I said, any thoughts before we move on to the uh, the main topic for today? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. All right, so the main topic, and this is the story that I think everybody can't wait to say something on, and that is the fact that Rockstar Games released a story trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2 this past Thursday. Now, I think... Um, I do have some things to say on the trailer So I'm not going to go right away uh, But I do think that um, I know a lot of people Was expecting more news I mean they expected the trailer but there were some people saying Oh they're going to give us a, a firm release date No we didn't get that And I and I will say again That spring 2018 release date I don't fully believe that that is going to hit that and Maybe it'll be the last day of spring That'll be when it actually drops But uh I don't know So um Let's try this Dana, how about you let us know what you thought about that trailer
3: You made me first <laughs> I am excited for it I liked it, but I'm the type of person who All you had to do was show me just a horse Galloping through a ranch And I would have been excited um, I am very much Looking forward to, to, to The game but I think that I'm gonna need a little bit, I'm the type of person where I love a trailer, but then I'm, I'm waiting for more of a gameplay trailer for me to fully get that impact and to know whether or not I'm, I'm ready to play it.
1: I got you, yes, makes sense.
3: Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I can be excited for something that you can, you know, hook together on your computer and make it look pretty and shiny. But is this real gameplay that we're seeing? Is this in-game features? What's going on? I mean, I've been, you know, betrayed before by that. So I'm a little bit cautious now.
1: Yeah, you know, I I think you make a valid point. Uh, I I know I spoke to uh, one of our other writers on staff, Mr. James Kennedy, and uh it, it you know i the first thing i said when i saw the trailer is yes is this where is the gameplay for the jet and he said well you know we have to be patient with rockstar and i thought it was interesting how he said that because any other company he would have said yeah man where the hell is the gameplay at so mr kennedy i have to give him a shout out because he is a loyal a rockstar fan you know whereas you, you tried to protect them in, in at that particular moment but uh yeah, we need to see the no, That's,
3: games.
1: that's that? what I like
3: about that. Like, we want the game to be amazing and successful. Yeah. We don't want them to jump up and, like, here's some gameplay footage and here's the trailer and the thing looks like what? Shamu 3? <laughs> so, no. <laughs> Take your time. Wait. But I'm not going to go and, you know, start getting excited and saving money and doing backflips for you unless I see the gameplay. So, just focus on that. Don't give me Shamo 3, and we're good.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, yeah, you guys, you guys are right. Okay, yeah, I agree. The, the, the gameplay, yeah, I, I need to see some gameplay. Uh, I have more to say, but yeah, let's let's get some, some other opinions first. Uh, Max, uh, what did you think of this trailer? Was you blown away? Was you like, uh, man, I'm going to pre-order this game immediately after I saw that trailer?
0: <laughs> um,
4: I don't really have too much to say on it. I think it looks interesting. Um, I mean, it's more RDR, and it's probably going to kick ass like Rockstar games do in general. But um, no, I don't have too much to say on it in particular.
1: Um, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. See, this, 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 this is an interesting dynamic. This is what happens when you go first, Dana. So I'm going to keep this in mind for future reference. <laughs> uh, Gary, any thoughts? Just... What? <laughs> Yeah,
2: um, Dana definitely had the advantage going first because she took the words out of my mouth. Um, yeah, like, I I wasn't excited by that trailer. Like, I mean, it's cool that we got a bit of the story. You know, we now know that it's going to be a prequel and stuff like that. You know, it's it's cool that they, you know, highlighted the story and everything. But me personally, I I don't care about that until I actually have the game. Like, I don't care what the story is. I want to see gameplay gameplay. I want to see what I'm going to be able to do. And, you know, just because it, I mean, it's Rockstar, so I do trust them to, you know, a a degree because I know they put out quality products each time. But I'm not going to get excited, you know, off of that trailer until I see some sort of gameplay and see what I can actually do in the game. Um, I did hear uh, that, you know, the the online component is probably going to have, like, heists just like GTA Online. So that's pretty cool, because, you know, um, pulling off heists in a Western setting could be pretty interesting. You know, there's a lot of scenarios that could be done there, I think, and uh, it could be very atmospheric as well. So, yeah, um, that's something that I read that kind of uh, has me intrigued. But as for the trailer itself, it didn't do anything to kind of sell me on the game. I mean, I'm probably going to buy it anyway when it comes out, but. The trailer didn't do anything for me.
1: Ouch. Well, That's I. Well, ouch.
3: Nothing at all. He was dead inside.
2: Pretty much.
1: Well, oh you know. God. Well, well, well. I think I think we know why that is. It was because there were no Overwatch characters that made an appearance in the trailer. Uh, the it, British. You know, there
2: was. Um, McCree wasn't in there. Like I was, I was expecting to <laughs> see McCree. Mm and say it's high noon
1: yeah so <laughs> you know so i i'll i i so i will say this i i fully understand all of the points that that you all said um i understand the excitement the excitement not really being there as as high as it needs to be or, or in gary's case non-existent uh we know rockstar makes great games so I'm pretty sure Red Dead Redemption 2 will be great whenever it comes out and I'm still continue to say that until I actually know for sure it's going to come out spring 2018. Um but one thing I did want to say and I'm very confused, you know, now I understand that it is a prequel. What I would like to ask Rockstar and I'm going to ask them this when I get a chance to interview them, why is this called Red Dead Redemption 2 but it's a, but it's a prequel? It's it's very confusing to me cuz I thought when I saw that trailer, well, and I saw the kid, I was like, oh, well, maybe this is John Marston's son grown up now because they had this whole point where the guy that they introduced in the trailer referred to, oh, your mom is still weeping over your dad. So at that point, I thought, well, yeah, this this is obviously, you know, about his son, and now I know that it's not. It's very confusing. So, um, I just think, uh, obviously, you know, when Rockstar wants to give us more information, they will do that. But uh, what I saw of the trailer was okay. I mean, I, I, again, definitely need to see some gameplay. So if they need to take the time to do that. That's totally fine. Let them take as much time as they need to actually get some gameplay ready to show us. That's I'm fine with that. But also a more, bit of a more of an explanation as to what is going on in the story. All I know is it's a prequel, and that you may you're going to definitely see people who were in that game that John Marshall was in, and you may even see an appearance by him also, which is fine. But I, I'm very curious why they went with that direction as opposed to not going forward with the story and making it be about the sun. So um, still a lot of questions to, to, to ask. But, uh, so
3: for me, there's more of an opportunity to explore new things. Because it's a prequel, you have characters that you already know that you're going to like or dislike. That's built in already. You have a built-in audience. And absolutely. so it allows you to explore, to explore more opportunities with those said characters so not necessarily people are going in not knowing you know oh my gosh who's the son you know if, like a random person was to pick up dead red dead redemption 2 and it's actually a sequel you don't know what the heck is going on so you're not even have to go through the first game but by it being a prequel you're gaining one new fans who are brand new to the franchise and all fans who are really interested in learning the backstory, to these characters. So for me, I like prequels. I think that it works. And by calling it Red Dead Red Redemption 2 instead of the prequel, that's a surprising aspect of it. So when you're looking at it for the first time, when we saw the trailer, it's like, yay! Like, oh my God, what's going on? Is that confusion at first? And then once we realize everything, it's that euphoria-type thing hits. So I'm all for the sequel actually being a prequel. And many of different um, organizations and games and movies have done it plenty of times. So I think it was a smart marketing idea.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Kojima did it with Metal Gear Solid uh, Three. Was it three? Yeah, Metal Gear Solid Three was pretty cool. So mm, I
1: forgot you know. about that. You're totally right. I yeah, them. I forgot about yes, that Snake it, Eater. It works.
3: It's why change the formula when it, it's working and you have that audience. You have, you're going to automatically sell the game. Okay, We're so, going to go in with just, just feeling. It just seems to me like everything right now is nostalgic based. So, I want to learn about these characters that I was introduced to in the first game. Now I get to learn more about their their history and their past and how they became, you know, the people that they are in the previous game. I like that.
1: That that so you, you made you made an excellent point. I I have no counter. That that is an excellent explanation as to why they made made went went in that direction. So. In the future, that. you can always pick up
3: on the on the sun. It's so it's not a story that'll ever die. Say if you screwed up on the and they made it an actual sequel and they screwed up with the kid and how we, you know, people just didn't like it, then they're gonna kind of like bet if they was to go and say screw up and then do a prequel to the whole thing, wouldn't that feel more like a sorry type game for what we did to the second one? So well, by mean, them doing I mean, to me, it's just, I just like it better.
2: Well, you, you said the story, you said the story will never die, but, um,
3: yeah, it's just like right John,
2: now. the same said yeah. for John Marston,
4: though.
1: <laughs> hey, 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 Gary, you're supposed to do a spoiler alert for those that still haven't played Red Dead Redemption, so now they're spoiled. They know spoilerific.
3: I was yeah. like trying to be so. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, hey, those are great points. So, you know, I, but I, I but I, 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 like I said, I, I'm still curious, still very much looking forward to the game. You know, unlike Gary, who says that uh, he wasn't excited with the trailer. Um, no, I was, I was excited to see it. I, I just want more information. So hopefully Rockstar will give us some more information, but I, I will maintain my theory that there is no way in hell this game is coming out in the spring. I, it will probably get pushed a little bit further out. Because, you know, Take-Two has already said, you know, they don't have a problem delaying this particular series, any Rockstar game, because they already know it's going to be successful. And if they need more time to polish, they will give them more time. So spring 2018 is a nice sentiment, but I, I, I don't believe that that is going to hit spring. If it hits spring, I'll be very surprised.
3: I'm cool with it being, you know, a holiday 2018 release.
1: Yeah, the holiday, yeah, holiday or even before that, like around this time next year, yeah, fine, fine, but we'll see, we'll see. (laughs) So, uh, any other thoughts on this topic before we uh, wrap up today's show?
2: Nope, just that I would also like it to be towards the end of the year, because the spring looks like it's going to be pretty crazy in terms of releases.
1: (laughs)
3: Would you be more excited if it is the holiday? Yeah, enthusiastic! Well, Yay, enthusiasm!
1: So, something. So, well, well, just, just so you know, Gary, something is going to get pushed to the holiday. Even some of those spring games, I you know, we'll have to see about that. Detroit perhaps will be something that will get pushed out a little bit further since they didn't bother telling us when in 2018 they just said 2018. Uh, I
3: forgot so. that didn't even exist. how bad is that?
1: Oh whoa! Hey, well you gotta you gotta start remembering that because game game looks good. It
3: does, but it's just like such. No one's been really talking about it, and we're waiting and waiting. This is what I was saying. You don't announce games. You don't announce them and say we're well, going to go and have this game in, I don't know, fall twenty seventeen when it's not ready, and then you push it to twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. I even forgot. I forgot the game existed. Announce the game more closer to when you think it's going to be ready to, re- to to release when you actually have something and you know f- definitely. That's true. It's going well, to release um... that order.
2: The, um, the subtitle for this generation Is Greatness Awaits
1: So <laughs> That always applies
3: we'll People waiting
1: so, so in other words uh, We'll see uh, Death Stranding in 2020 You say instead of uh in 2018 That's what you're you're saying We'll see gameplay <laughs> though, At PSX We'll see gameplay in December at PSX And then the game will drop sometime in 2020
3: 2020 if we're lucky.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Uh, I believe that wraps up today's show. Um, I know Max had to step out. He had to take care of emergency. Hopefully everything is all right. And Mr. Lugo also had to leave. So we thank them very much for being on the show. Uh, do you guys have any final shout outs that you would like to give? Um, I'm going to let you go first, Dana.
3: Oh, yay, I get to go first again. Woo! Um, shout out to all of the listeners. Shout out to um, uh, um, all the gamers that's out there playing. And shout out to, um, right now, I'm, I'm really happy for uh, LEGO games. I, they're really exciting. I'm really looking forward to when they release so I can actually talk more than saying open world and lots of characters. So, <laughs> Wait, so that embargo drop that would be great Shout out to Embargo's Dropping
1: Yes Hey, sounds great Alright, so uh, I'd like to give a shout out To all the Patreon uh, supporters uh, I want to give a shout out To the people who did check out today's show So I see Mark was in the chat Thank you for checking out the show, Mark um, Two quick things I did want to say Very quickly uh, Just want to remind everybody If they were not aware that we are giving away Assassin's Creed this month and I believe that you have until October 10th to actually enter for your chance to win. So there will be links in this particular post once it goes live, in case you haven't voted on that yet, or we'll have, haven't filled out the form yet to enter to win. So make sure you definitely do that. I did say that there will be other games that I may give away in the future. I'm not really quite sure yet when you know when the next giveaway is going to be, but there definitely is going to be a couple more uh, coming. So stay tuned for the site for that information. Uh, And I also want to give a very special shout out to Dana. Because this week, Dana covered a ton of TV shows on the website. Spent a lot of time writing up those reviews. So I hope that you guys have been checking that stuff out. Just so you know what shows are actually worth looking at. Um, And I also want to say... Say what?
3: And there are more coming. Uh, The Gifted will drop today.
1: Okay, see, and there are more coming. And by the way, uh, if you actually sat through and watched Inhumans in its full entirety, I- I'm going to say a prayer for you that you get your time back because uh, that show is complete garbage. So it was, it
3: was the first show I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was just so lazy.
1: Yes, absolutely. It,
3: it was like, even if you had a $10 budget, you can at least write a story that makes sense and there's consistency.
1: Absolutely. Just
3: basic nonsense sense and consistency. It lacked that, so
1: yeah. And Mark, you are one hundred percent correct. Legion is is better without without question. Um, yeah. So Gary, now the floor is yours.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So shouts to all of the Patreon supporters. That's M Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Hindil, Fergus Mills. Lalo and leslie nicholas alvarez miguel and mark we appreciate all of your support and um you know keep your eyes locked on the site to to you know well, well next week we'll announce who won the giveaway uh but yeah um thanks for all your support guys and thanks for mark for, check, for checking out this the uh show today and for interacting with us throughout and shouts to max and jj for also joining us today and um yeah uh, make sure you guys check out all the content on the site right now because there is a lot uh we've got the Pokin tournament dx review we've got a scorn preview we got the tk spotlight with mega ran we got the throwdown and all of the tv shows from dana so make sure you guys check all of that out on the site theCoalition.com. And that's pretty much and- it
3: And also send any type of positive thoughts or prayers to us who are going to New York Comic Con. It is going to be a mess organizational-wise. So, yes, send prayers and happy thoughts. They have finally tons of games now, which will be fun, but it's just poorly organized. So send prayers.
2: Have you been preparing for that day now? Have you done all your stretches (laughs) and and everything?
3: (laughs) Stretch, extra water, hydration, you know, maybe a little uh, some sticks to knock people over the head with, sharpening those knives. But yeah, I've been in prepared mode.
2: (laughs) That's good to hear. I hope you have a good time.
3: Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Have a good time and uh, look forward to hearing more about that in the future. But uh, until then, thank you all for checking out the show. And we'll talk to you all next week.